guess what? What? It's time for a new A Fairly Queer podcast. Are you ready for fun? Oh my god, isn't that the podcast where two fairies discuss fairly topics that are clearly queer? Yes, and also two fairies discuss topics that are clearly queer and fairly queer. Queerly fairly. Fairly you like queer. those words? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jeremy. Where have you been all my life? And what oh, have you been doing? Sam. Well, I've been doing shows with Alaska. I have been taking my sound healing coursework, which is changing my life. I have never been so inspired by the mixture of metaphysics and physics that um, I have been learning through these mentors and teachers. And we've recently experienced the wonderful uh, Maytime celebration of Mother's Day. Yeah. So we, we on, a, on, our, on our typical whim-like choices, we decided that this, uh, this episode is going to be about the, um, the archetypes of femininity yes. and um, uh, the queer relationship to the bodily and spiritual archetypes of the feminine and women. Yeah, so when we were sort of briefing each other on like how we wanted to approach this. I mentioned to Jeremy that I thought it would be like a cool idea to sort of start the episode off by talking about how both of us were like introduced to this idea of archetypes specifically within women. Because yes. women, I think much more than men are betrayed in media and in art and in all sorts of different avenues within these archetypes. Um, yes. almost like dolls and I right. remember um when I was I don't know whenever Marina and the Diamonds who's an artist I really enjoy released her album Electra Heart that was the first time I was sort of introduced to this idea of archetypes by like using that term so what I always found really interesting what stuck with me about that album is that I remember before Electra Heart when she was doing um, her first album, she would talk in interviews sometimes about like how she was, there was a certain level of frustration about, you know, climbing the, the, the rings of, mm -hmm. uh, the rungs, not the rings, the rungs of, well, fame. you could have to do, you could have to, you know, jump through flaming rings Precisely. to get to a career or climb the rungs as, uh, cracked or uh, splintery as they could be it's hard and showbiz indeed so so we're yeah. speaking with her she yeah well actually i remember we uh were having sort of a conversation it's always nice when celebrities are a little bit less famous because they're so much more accessible but i remember after yeah. one of her tours we were just like sort of shooting the shit outside of the after party i wasn't old enough to get in but she came out for a smoke so i caught her then we chatted about Lots of things about Britney Spears, da, da, da. But I remember part of our conversation was sort of about this idea of like, you know, that it's difficult to sort of progress when you're not fulfilling the fantasy that people have for what a female pop star is supposed to be like, which is blonde and bubbly and poppy and, you know, all of those types of things. Actually, I think Kim Petras. You know, I know you love Kim Petra sort of fulfills that fantasy quite well. Um, yeah. but I so enjoy her. her. Um, she's, she's uh, Justin and Nick enjoy her more. They listen to her more. This is going to be a really fun conversation because I think it 
I don't I I don't want to say it's controversial on my part, but I have a I have a very unique inroad to the many archetypes and like levels of femininity. And the mm. thing is, um, I only say controversial because I can think of at least one person who really likes to argue. And, uh, but she is a dear, she's a dear friend and also a fierce, uh, a fierce, a fierce warrior. Brock ally. Oh, well, she's a queer woman. Uh, she's a queer woman, and she and we have been known to gently and moderately take each other to task. I will not say her 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 name because I don't uh-huh. think she would find it that I, I, I don't think she would find it that dynamic necessarily. But I will. I will give my shout out at the end of the podcast. I just don't want to release the Krakens so fully. But I know that's the thing. Like to that, there's the. Well, let's just let's just maybe. I can bleep her name if you need. No, no, no. Fine, it's my old housemate Kathy. I love Hi, Kathy. Kathy dearly, and she is she is a fierce warrior goddess for her for many of her kind, being queer and being a woman, and um, she has no problem taking many people to task for where they're um, both archetypes. It can be a nice way of saying stereotypes. That's what I mean. I, I, the, the, um, the wise, but take no bullshit. Uh, uh, Kathy vibe, her, her quantum witchiness is hovering in a corner of this conversation. So maybe this is a loving dedication to Kathy and all the other women um, who are bold enough to, have the real conversations about how I'm not in a female body form, though I do identify as gender fluid. And to me, the genetic and spiritual reality is we all have an X chromosome. So the feminine resides in all of us, whether we, whether our bodily, physical, anatomical uh, features demonstrate that or not, we all have an X chromosome. So uh, at worst, I've I felt a little uh, uh, a little like I have to be very careful what I say, and that is also a very personal theme around women that I feel like I do have to censor myself a little bit, or at least be very careful because unfortunately, women have been um, traumatized by the patriarchy into having to really defend themselves. That's been actually a difficult thing for me in the past, where I'm sure you. Being not only someone that's in the queer community, but also someone that's in like queer nightlife, yeah. um, you tend to adopt a lot of um, language that in the mm-hmm. wrong social settings might be viewed as being derogatory towards women, yeah. but yeah. it's used flagrantly and flippantly in the gay community because there's an understanding of, of, of the unity that yeah. queer people have with the feminine. But I've certainly been in situations. Well, I where hope I've, so. I, have I don't. I think the queer certain language, and it hasn't been received well because there's not that level of understanding. Right, and I want to make very clear that my perspective is one of veneration and respect, and of full allegiance to the to the spectrum of uh, women's and femme and female identified lives. Um, it's always been a big thing for me. Like you're talking about Marina and yeah. this magical moment you've had with her, but like 
both my imagination, my creative imagination is filled with the feminine. Um, and my choice of, of the voices I listen to is really almost always female. I'm listening to women's voices. My favorite singers in the opera world and folk world and pop world are women. I think it's, uh, but ironically, and I want to be very upfront, like over the past years of touring and um, uh, uh, itinerant life traveling around the world and travel and living along the West Coast in Pittsburgh, um, I have a handful of really amazing uh, female bodied and women and femme friends, but um, they aren't. I haven't had a lot of regular close contact with women until basically I started living with Kathy. Huh. And that was an adjustment um, because I found myself and I, I had the courage to tell her at moments. It's like, well, this is me going back to the ways that I tried to be as supportive to the women in my life as possible. But sometimes I just feel because of the, the collective trauma on them that sometimes I won't get through. And because I'm a male in a male body or I, because I'm male bodied, I will still be considered the enemy sometimes. And I even get a, a sinking feeling saying that because I believe in the equality and in this, a sort of spiritual. And I want to be very clear. This is a spiritual metaphysical superiority I give to the feminine because like in the, I'll, I'll just end with like in the beginning was a void. And then in consciousness, when the void created a creational pattern, they created the, it created the masculine and the feminine. So we get electricity and magnetism. We get these binaries and we get these dualisms, but they can be so, they can become as androgynous as we want them to be. So that's like my rollout. That's my prologue for like how deeply um, the feminine means something to me. But I just want to put out there that, like, I'm not speaking for um, female-bodied femme and other women for who for whom I've not had their experiences. That you know? brings up a really interesting perspective, though, which I'd like to ask you your opinion on, which is, so, in the beginning, I brought up Marina, and I think she's, like, a really good subject for, like, someone that's probably gone through... Like I use her because you can look her up and see her body of work. I'm sure that lots of women and pro pro and definitely lots of people within the entertainment industry that are women and there are expectations of how they're supposed to look and act go through. Um, what I find interesting about Marina is that she sort of talked. She she talked about it. Where I feel like at the time a yeah. lot of people weren't talking about how there was all of these expectations for what you're supposed to be like to be palatable. Yeah. for an industry so i think one of the things that i've always struggled with with the feminine with uh, attached to archetypes is where does like where where is the line between femininity and the expectation of what it is you what femininity is supposed to be like we talked about drag before we started recording and I mentioned yeah. that there are a lot of people, I'm not one of these people, but to play like devil's advocate, there are a lot of people that can view drag as being um, a irresponsible portrayal of the, of the hype of the hyper feminine, mm -hmm, um, like mm -hmm. big titties, a tiny waist, a huge ass, uh, yeah. big, big blonde hair. Um, and I, as 
a vain, slightly superficial gay man. Love all the things. But do you, is there a part of that that you feel like is not like properly representative? Or do you feel like we've surpassed that because drag and the representation of women in drag has gone in so many different directions like alien directions at this point right right um well for me and i think our listenership our fam knows this is that for me drag is shamanism so if you when when one subconsciously or consciously um or just out of some whatever we all have these um we all have these ideals or these or these monsters and these creatures that using drag as a way to transform and shapeshift, um, we turn ourselves into whatever we want through costume, clothing right. and, and makeup and, and the modification of our of our faces and our bodies. Now, historically, I think some of us have have been in the trans spectrum where we and you know transvestitism is a way for any uh, generally and historically now i'm going to try to use my language as respectfully as possible but uh disclaimer this is my perspective redacted. this is my redacted but you know <laughs> there are ways where where historically people who we would uh, who would identify themselves as trans or gender non-binary um, fluid, et cetera, it felt more comfortable in f- feminine garb right. at every moment that they wouldn't in their private, in their own private, you know, rooms and stuff would try to make up for what they couldn't be in public society. So there's cross-dressing for thousands of years. And, but for whatever reason, we need to feel, we need to engage the feminine in us and, and reflect on what, the feminine energies mean to us because the nature of 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 the feminine archetypes and feminine energies are to me multiplicitous like you know the it's the patriarchal versions of individualism that so focus on specificity it's very left brain to be specific and specializations and science and 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 in math and all these very like logical linear type of things that are associated with the left brain and uh, and the the masculinized Can hemisphere I ask yeah. you a question yeah um so when you're talking about these things especially with trans issues and trans representation yeah. i always go back to this idea of like being un- unclockable, so to speak. I hate that term, but our listeners oh, will yeah. understand. Or, or, like, pa- or, or passable, exactly. Right. So like and I bring up like is... someone like like Gigi Gorgeous, for example. She's yeah. a YouTuber in case you're not familiar. Yeah. I'm sure that you are though, right? You always you probably I, I know, know her. of I know of Gigi Gorgeous. So she's someone who like I be- I I would imagine most people would consider extremely passable. She yeah. uh, adopts a lot of these archetypes that we're talking about yeah. before. Blonde, curvaceous, um, like Barbie. Um, right. And so when she's identified in public, the likelihood of her not being misgendered is probably pretty high. Pretty most people high. I think, would look at her and say, yeah, that is definitely a woman oh where, but I'm not, that i know that sounds phrase. like a controversial sentence but the reason that i i meant i meant i say this is that i think 
a bigger point that you're trying to make is that um, the feminine is not necessarily correlated directly to gender. Like you can be male bodied or male identifying and still embrace the feminine and you can be female bodied or transgender and embrace the masculine. Like there is such a thing as a quote unquote, and I'm going to be using a lot of like, you know, this type of terminology, which might seem unsavory, but it's important for, for talking about archetypes, a lot of quote unquote, butch transgender females like that is something that exists just right. because and it you are projecting a, unique, a feminine yeah yeah it is a unique journey and so like just the uh, idea that i was trying to speak historically but now it's like well where is this it, we have to look at the context and we have to be willing to ask people the hard qu- questions yeah. it's like what is your relationship to femininity? Are you venerating it? Is is the proof in the pudding? Are you venerating it? Or and the controversy is uh, female sexuality, right? And and the, the sort of seducing things, the 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 ancient tropes of the of the prostitute, the sex worker, mm-hmm. um, that these things get splattered and and misrepresented. It. Uh, misrepresented and assimilated by those who may not actually be experiencing the life of being, say, a trans sex worker. You know, maybe in some past life I was a gender non-ordinary temple prostitute in Egypt or something. I think the chances are pretty high. They're pretty high. But, you know, 4,000 years ago. But that was, the thing is, that's a sacred role if you went into the cult of aphrodite or isis or especially these goddess temples that was part of the work sex healing was sex based tantric or whatever you would call it helping people transform their emotions and their um their spiritual and psychic um equilibrium through sexual acts is real it's very real and i and i'm borderline defensive about it which is why i'm very protective of my sex worker friends and my body worker friends and this gets into a whole thing of feminine, of the the feminine archetypes. I feel are such a beneficial way, uh, you know. Just again, despite the fact that I'm not female-bodied, and I also have some concerns about giving verbal power to terms like I don't ever like to describe myself as non-binary. I want the binary of gender to like yeah. be be die a death of not being spoken of and not being even so needfully acknowledged right it's like saying you're postmodern. you're still obsessed with modernism right non-binary means you're still really angry at binarisms so if we just drop the binary and call ourselves gender floral or or like holo gendered right h-o-l-o is a prefix for whole i'm a whole gendered person my masculine and feminine are together like a holograph right hologendered like holographic hologendered like Holosexual. Sorry. Right. Like, ho- like, right. like I am, I, I feel I am a complete a circular spectrum of yeah. my sexual expression or gender expression. So that's, and, and this is, this is also where I, as a recovering academic, I make a, a very distinct line about not getting into your head about gender and sexuality, but being body based and grounded being based in one's own experience. So like, 
I so I'm just gonna make maybe hinge and talk about like we get our feminine archetypes from our mothers and our sisters and our grandmothers. Well, but we also get them from society, which I think is why it's such a fine line and why I feel like I'm really glad we're having this discussion because, and I hope that we can continue to have this discussion throughout this episode, honestly, and make as many mistakes as, as we do. Because right, be honest it's, and people know really that we aren't going to be perfect about it. Yeah. Um, about this because they don't want to offend someone. But as we um, become enlightened, you know, pretentious term, but as we become enlightened as a society to gender and to sexuality and to expression, uh, it's uncharted territory for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, what uh, confuses me a lot and where I sort of, I have difficulty is where does the genuine expression of a person's um, uh, femininity or their gender expression uh, come from in a, like in a positive way and where does it come from where it's just them being influenced by what society is telling them right. they're expected to be. Like even someone like we talked about transgender people before to sort of bring it back. Like a lot of transgender uh, people feel like they need to adopt all of these ideas of their, their, of their uh, gender femininity. Yeah. Right. Because when the pendulum swings and one has the opportunity to be like, I do not want to be in a male body. Uh, I remember um, you're probably not familiar with this YouTuber, but there's a YouTuber. He's an Australian YouTuber named Clom Sutherland. Callum? Clom? Callum? If it's C-A-L-L or K-A-L-L-U-M, I think it's Callum. Clum or Callum. So sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but his last name is Sutherland. He's a transgender YouTuber. And he had a really interesting YouTube once where he was talking about how, like, you know, he's not always, like, in a blonde lace front wig and wearing, like, lingerie and mini skirts like sometimes he looks more quote unquote masculine and that's okay and if he's out in public and he's not dressed to the nines it doesn't mean that he's not a woman or that he's detransitioning it just means that this is who he is without all of the right not having to uh, yeah not having to uh live up to or practice or perform some what some would call a, a hyper femininity that is that is it's a real it's a real mind scrambler that's i mean honestly i have never i've never been very attracted to the pop tart blonde barbie doll archetype i lived i was surrounded by brunettes <laughs> growing up so like i it never i never kind of fell for the blonde feminine that overly sexualized thing. Now we get now a prime example of someone taking into power this the sex doll, Barbie doll, Pop Tart yeah. thing is Dolly Parton, right? She embraces this thing. It's like, well, this is what men seem to want to look at. They seem to, especially you know, in Caucasian, um, European, and in the European genotypes. That there's some weird obsession with blonde things. I mean, blonde mm-hmm. guys are cute. Don't get me wrong. If some like well, look at Marilyn like, Monroe, hey. you know. But right, we've been instilled with these strange things. Now here's here's something. And also, it's not real. Like there's no such thing right. as like, platinum blonde in nature. So uh, only 
children, which gets to a really creepy issue of blonde being a juvenile, uh, uh, infantilized and juvenileized thing. It's scary if you really get down into the darker, the darker uh, basements of the human psyche, especially what um, the European, um, uh, the Europeans have ex- exponentiated that you're not a model unless you're blonde and blonde and tall and skinny. And of course, like your boobs are big and your waist is tiny. And it's, that's not even natural. So I, I'm pretty fiercely antagonistic for all of that programming, right? Like you're saying, programming from, from industries that just spend time fucking up our minds. I guess it's psychologically just about and sexually being, about being what, what being right it is and, and also, also like not if you desire to perpetuating it well but if you desire like if you're like yeah i want if to, you want to be these that are, blonde girl these are aesthetics that i appreciate and i want to adopt yeah. them i yeah. and that's fine too i just think yeah. that it's important to recognize like yeah I, I i've had this you know i'm i'm not a female-bodied person and uh but um there are certain uh, like queer aesthetic archetypes that I have adopted throughout my, you know, twenties. Um, and I would often be questioned about like why I bleached my hair or why I did this or why I did that, why I shaved my body. Mm-hmm. And my response was always like, yeah, like I recognize that some of these things uh, would seem to be like expected of me to fulfill a certain fantasy or whatever. But the reality right. is that I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I recognize that that was, that that is an archetype, but it was something also that I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed right. that aesthetic. So I think, right. you know, it's just important to, to, to make sure that you're doing it because it's actually an aesthetic that you really enjoy rather than something that. Well, you, enjoy like, and have, you. and right. Like there's something that we have to recognize about experimentation, right? Experimentation is a process and in the hypercritical collegiate programming of being hypercritical and that's the way people seem smart is being able to cut something down to its bits and deconstruct it which i as a queer adult i'm reminding my younger siblings that we have to be very careful how we use those tools they're much better in the academy than they are when it comes to like uh, um uplifting our community you know, I'll call it the rainbow, LGBTQIA+++. Yeah. So, um, it to me, it gets back that I've always had almost, a, a, at points, an untouchable veneration for, for the ultimate uh, baseline fundamentals of what I consider the divine feminine or the archetypal yeah. fundamental feminine to be as, like, as a mother, as a womb, as as a creational a creational archetype. She's a sorceress. She can make anything she wants come out of the cosmos because there's a universal mother archetype. And but then she can also be like Kali and be in these other destructive goddesses that say if you have the right to create, you have the right to destroy. And that's a big responsibility, but one that completes the cycles of life. Right. These yeah. are huge things that really weigh on me spiritually, but not weigh on me in a negative way. But they're like they're really powerful. Like if before we take a break, if we just if I just make an example, let's say in the masculine archetypes, there's nothing really in the masculine archetypes that hasn't been covered in the feminine archetypes. There are feminine Amazonian warriors from ancient mythologies, uh, 
the, the female has been a warrior. The female has been um, a destroyer. The female has been a defender. And a, a, the, the, the feminine really encompasses so much more, honestly. But I also think that in the male in the male and the masculine world, we've got to be we've got to be um, willing to reflect and confront that like it's not that we're less than, it's that we are we are supplementary, we're complementary. And that's where like if you wanna live a less binary, less dualistic life, then if we keep on blending these things, like in baking, there's a there's a point where it becomes whole. Right, whether it's androgyny or whether it's just finding the the archetypes that are fulfilling and uplifting, right? And we yeah. celebrate, like, and we celebrate, and we don't assimilate other people's cultures. Like, I appreciate the Vedic Hindu, um, uh, a pantheon of gods and goddesses, but I don't, I don't um, just assimilate them as a Caucasian person. Yeah. You know, so that's that's you know again, it's one, once again another disclaimer that like the respect and the veneration is really the 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 focus here. But that's the problem. Like all the the dark masculine qualities of feeling jealous or less than or not enough because women, uh, female body creatures have the uh, option of procreation of having a womb, of creating and, and producing and regenerating, that the males can have this weird collective uh, uh, breakdown about. So this is a big issue. This is kind of not just a one podcast issue, but why don't we take a break? And then um, Sam, we'll get to some of the nitty gritties of the archetypes. And Sounds examples. like a fabulous idea. I love it. I love it. All right. We will be back in one moment. See you in a moment. cornucopia of uh paths we can take into the subject oh yes well jeremy so yes you were saying before we left what you were talking about actually like i sort of gave a perspective on archetypes that i i mean that i'm aware of but it's sort of not the way i necessarily process it when someone brings up that term because before we were talking about you know like marina and Marilyn Monroe and boobalicious blonde bombshells as sort of these yeah. archetypes. But one thing that I thought was really interesting they brought up was this idea of like Amazons and other archetypes of the feminine that aren't necessarily at the forefront maybe of Western or European culture, but are right. certainly part of the feminine archetype. And I would venture to say might be a more positive perspective on feminine. And it made me think of yin and yang, which if yeah. your listeners aren't familiar, then, you know, obviously it's an Eastern symbol and it represents the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. Uh, and they're two parts, but they're actually a whole because they make the circle and they're within each right. other of the black and the white. Right. And I just a little bit of the other inside of the one. Precisely. And it yes. got me thinking about, uh 
the the necessity or whether or not there is a necessity to have the masculine and the feminine and in in all people um and how that sort of functions um within our spiritual health so i thought i'd venture to ask you about what you thought of that Well, I mean, in in the overall sense is that I do believe there's a little bit too much academic programming in which we use these terminologies, which at the end of the day, um, create um, and perpetuate an obsession with binaries. Right. So what I think what we have to do is we have to kill that fire. We have to set the set the fluidity on it. We have to use the water to to set up because I mean, just elementally, like we're if we're talking about the the yin and the yang, which is that like yes it looks like a binary but what it's really saying is that there's these things are flowing we are yeah. in these infinite shades of gray and for gender and for finding these things inside of us and authentically reflecting ourselves and um emanating the blending and the proportions of gender that's the beauty and again it's not in it's not in the binary it's not in the duality scientifically we know that like when it comes there like binaries are are simple they're seesaws they're balancing acts they're 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 ends of a of an axis by which we have either tugs of war or the pulling and tugging of balance. So what we're really talking about here is balance. If someone is imbalanced, we see that in fundamentalist cultures. When someone is imbalanced, we see that in dogmatic religion. When something is unbalanced, it's easy. Uh, binaries are a really great way to get obsessed with the opposite. Right. Right. So like when we work in getting um, these these flows, a free flow of these dualities, it, the we release the duality and something can become whole or something can become multi-dimensional, right? Multifaceted. So that's why, like, I've always been attracted to androgyny and people and art and the very, the very shapes we think of, like some people consider an upright triangle, very masculine or an upside down triangle, very feminine, but these are just symbols, right? And these symbols can, can be very, um, can be very prevalent, but each culture depicts them in a unique way. So that's why it's like, yeah, if you go to China, um, the variety of genders and gender expression there has been different over thousands of years. But um, in Japan, um, they are also subtly different and also radically different depending on the history and the context. That's why being respectful and, 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 observing observing without think and then just making these these quick um reactions again and the good and the bad making judgment calls that are good and bad they have no place in the discussion of gender because gender is an expression i I want to allow people to be authentic about their gender expression yeah i want to ask you though because you did elaborate on sort of your perception of yin and yang um as a flow, which I agree, and that's sort of how I perceive it as well. But do you think that perspective on that I- of that idea is sort of an extrapolation that we in modern society has have given to that symbolism? Because when you look at a lot of Eastern culture, the gender binaryism is real there, and there are very strict gender norms 
in a lot of those cultures. Um, I remember I did a paper on it in my one year of college where there was, you know, there's some pretty uh, extreme um, expectations on, on how uh, you're supposed to act. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to make a blanket statement again. You know, it would. It would. I it would not be right. who of me to say all all Asian countries are no, like that. No, but no, cer- no. certainly, it takes it takes place in a lot of culture. And I and I really welcome our podcast fam to email us. Oh, and, please join and, the convo. Pl- and please join this conversation because I know we have a lot of 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 female female bodied and. AFAB and other wonderful tending towards the the feminine unicorns amongst our family. So we this again uh, just to remind everyone this is my my great love and veneration for my sisters and my mom and my grandmothers and all the fierce yeah. women in my life who have really had a primary role in making me a very respectful very um uh you know, to complete the cycle of what we what we fundamentally know as mother consciousness or mother archetype, to be nurturing, to be persistent and courageous and um, defend what needs to be defended in that in the archetype of the mother. Yeah. The mother has to defend. She watches over. she um she is devoted to the care and the the uh, making sure that her her progeny live to adulthood, and that's fierce. That's fierce. A mother is a warrior archetype, you know. And so I just want before we get so deep that it's nearly the end. I just want to go to the dictionary and look at these def- definitions of archetypes. Yeah. So as a noun, a very typical example of a certain person or thing, an original that has been imitated. A recurrent symbol uh, or motif in literature, art, mythology. And then the Jungian uh, definition, a primitive mental image image inherited from the earliest human ancestors and present in collective unconscious. So these are many different facets, right? So an archetype ranges from a stereotype to what happens when someone someone has a, a hallucinogenic or super conscious vision and they believe they're in the presence of a fundamental feminine energy. Because like we have to be careful of semantics, right? Well, but I think that words and even symbolism like yin and yang can mean vastly different things depending on the culture, uh, the geographic location, the group of people, et cetera. So maybe there isn't like really a concrete answer of like, maybe it goes back to like binaryism, like, it, this has to mean this, or this has to mean that, but right. perhaps it's really right. like, open what, to interpretation. The, right. Like, if we, if we get down to a certain, like, uh, maybe it's a reaction, maybe it's, like, an initial response. What is the feminine? Oh, well, we realize biologically that one of the humanoids and the mammals and um, the creatures that um, procreate from an egg or a womb space, or that's very biological, and that's based on having two X chromosomes in the in the animal kingdom, right? So like those those things that kind of are, but that's the material, right? That's the material world. These are creatures. The, this is genetics. This is the molecular kind of left brain way into like saying where those things are female, 
But when it comes to like someone has a vision and that they go out of their bodies into some other astral plane or wherever you go when you go to a vision quest and you are confronted with a very basic uh, energy that you can only describe as being feminine in nature. And then you have this, this mystical experience with a great divine feminine energy. And then you, it's barely describable, but you just have a knowing that it's feminine energy. Like that's the spectrum, which is why, you know, we kind of feel like we're bouncing around. The feminine is known to be more mysterious or the nature of mystery, right? Yeah, I guess so. Right, because if it's a womb space or it's like like the female genitalia is known as a cave, it's known as mysterious, it's known to be dark, it's known to like all of these 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 images and these um, descriptions were that, oh, okay, so then the, the if the feminine is we we still have to deal with these weird binary the feminine is inward while the masculine is outward and we're whether we're talking about genitalia or talking about the obsession with male individualism and the male is the adventurer that goes out on quests and and the the woman is the the womb and the hearth who's and the staying home so that's why these things are difficult they they are they are they are tropes right they are um they are passed down over thousands and thousands of years but depending on who we are that they are may not be resonant and true for us so that's why you know i i often feel very in my element in a domestic scenario i like cooking i like um creating a comfortable and loving space does that make me a woman Maybe a little bit. She's a woman. Do, do, am I bothered? Am I bothered? I'm completely unbothered by being a nurturing, domestically centered um, caretaker. But that's a role. And like the roles can have genders or not necessarily have genders. And we are I at so many parts Especially of this. Especially a butter role. I'm starving. Oh, butter. Do not gender my butter. It is beyond and it is beyond the gender binary uh, so that's why this whole thing is like okay you wanted to i want to give an example of someone who has been an ideal um ideal goddess of the the extent of gender tomfoolery and gender uh sacred gender archetypes annie lennox watch any any of her music videos from her earliest Eurythmics music videos through the 90s and the end of the 90s. She has made a, she's made a, a visual music video dissertation. Each of those music videos is a chapter on what it's like to be a woman in her position, right? She's a white Scottish woman who knows that women have had all these weird things thrust upon her. She does drag, right? She does weird semi-Marilyn Monroe drag. It's like, is it would I lie to you? Or, um, I mean, just go. Just go look at Eurythmics music videos. It's like podcast, my one podcast homework. Let's have a conversation about Annie Lennox's Eurythmics and solo career music videos. Because that's what it is. She brings these elements of what it's like to look and sound like a modern woman and jumble it all up and say, is this even real? 
What's real about this? People make choices based on belief systems, right? So that's why she's such a role model to me. I really love and respect her and her work because she is saying there's there's a lot of bullshit out here. Know where the truth of your expression is, right? And that goes into divas. That goes into pop divas. We've been listening to a lot of Madonna here and as controversial and as kind of cold as she seems to be she makes some important points about she does. Uh, a woman's world kate bush the very very the very magic of her as a musical sorceress like you go to music there's so there's so many great examples the archetypes are everywhere in in music and now that you know after world war ii women um increasingly were could do almost they can do any genre of music they are the most most um they are the most uh incredible opera singers and the most sexy butch jazz singers and um we have trans heroes now in the musical world who offer their unique experiences and their voices so of course music is what i know best and what i can get the best examples to but it really is it just gets more mysterious the more i talk about it Yes. Jeremy, how do you feel about taking a break, then coming back and doing our topic wrap-up? Yes, I think that sounds like a great idea. back everybody thank you so much for listening to the podcast up until now please feel free to join our conversation by sending us your feedback questions or answers or just comment on how you're enjoying it or not enjoying it at a fairly queer podcast at gmail.com that's a fairly spelled f a e r l y right Sure. Sure. Yes. Well, we'll post it on our Instagrams. Yes. It's um, F-A-E. It's not it, yeah, it's instead F-A-E. of like fair, like, as like long Renaissance as you got fair. That a it's like and that e in order, you got it. You got it. Yeah. R-I-L-Y. Fairly. Yes. Fairly. So yeah, Fairly. please send us um your comments, questions, concerns, and hot tea at our a fairly queer podcast at gmail.com or you can always message us directly on our respective instagrams yeah um we got a little bit of feedback from our instagram live episode that maybe it was a little bit clunky because of just you know the people being able to hear us, particularly me, it is something we're going to work on in the future to streamline that, get it a little bit more schmick. Um, it was an experiment and we're happy to do it. And um, definitely maybe we're going to look into some different venues like Zoom or Discord to help incorporate people into the conversation in a way that feels a little bit more uh, slick. Um, I love so there, that. Um, but... We also thank everyone that joined us, and we hope that you all had a good time. Now, with that being said, let's do our wrap-up for today's topic. Um, Jeremy, I am every woman. It is all in me. 
Wow. Well, my, is that what you said uh, when you put a skirt on and went to that circuit party, Sam? That is, that is what I said. Oh, how perfectly lovely. But yeah, I, I mean, that. these are complicated conversations because I feel like there's a real renaissance going on of gender uh, expression and understanding and identity. And, you know, there were it, it's it's a mishmash of lots of new and old languages and yes, just sort of figuring out and wading through all of the information that and we misinformation. Are and misinformation as we're discovering as right. So, and and things yeah. that get put in there by people who think they know a lot, but they're in their heads and they're not in their hearts and and they aren't experiencing it in a real way. You know. So I just really want to put that out there. You know, us unicorns, us unique creatures where where the uh theorizing professors and all these folks they aren't necessarily living our lives or they're just being useful for the tracking of unicorns by the monster system so i'm putting that out there for me but what what it what really um empowers me is seeing how um eloquently and strongly and bravely that um the fee the females and the femmes and the a uh, woman identified and uh, not quite or not even caring, but uh, also unique creatures around us are are um, coming into gender balance, gender extraordinariness, um, because I do think there is something about invoking and venerating and... Um, existing with these myriad these multiplicities of feminine archetypes which are true and real as much as we have lived them as much as we as we um embody them so i just want to get a little uh final reflection so like drag drag is that you know and and um there are drag kings and drag creatures that just want to transform themselves into what we imagine. And wherever our imagination takes us, those are the stories we want to tell. And maybe we want to be beautiful, statuesque goddesses at some point. Or we want to be a monstrous alien creature who's a little... who's. Um, as attributes are like Kali or Medea. Why are you going to talk about mythology? Justin like that? <laughs> well, because I have to live with it. <laughs> Sam, that's why I have to live with it. Or you want to be an aristocratic diva because you were working class. You grew up working class or you, you like working class stuff because you identify with that in your life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why like the veneration and the defense and the um, uprising of the feminine energies, whatever that means. I'm looking forward to it. I am a fierce proponent. And when I do drag, I give honor to the divine feminine, as I know we here at Team Alaska do as well. That is a line from Vagina. Really? It is. Fabulous. Speaking of honoring the divine feminine energy, we would like to take this last section of our podcast to honor our divine feminine energy coming from our Patreon support. Yes, it's a full unicorn uh, fancy, often femme flow. 
a flow and speaking of our uh 55 50 supporters thank you always florida and janina and we want to thank every person here who contributes to the logistical financial spiritual and uh psychological health of a fairly podcast. Thank you so much. I will admit I was not the boss bitch this week. I did not ask Florida and Janina uh, and any of our extended uh, and super supporters for God their questions. Retirement. So we, we will devote in honor of you beauties um, extra Q&A time next time. Yes, Because yes, we yeah. want your voices to be heard. We want your um loving energies to be present here in our podcast so thank you so much my lovely lovelies yes remember patreon supporters always get priority when it comes to question and answers at the end of the podcast if you do want to send any of your questions you can send them to a fairly queer podcast at gmail.com you can find me at nuke moth on instagram uh and jeremy where can they find you yes i am mostly at my office at um Instagram, handsome Jeremy777. I don't mind a kiki on the Twitter at Orphic Apollo777. I have the I have the handsome Jeremy musical oracle on Facebook. And um if those aren't enough, well, then let's start there and let's see what we can do. I and also don't forget to support Jeremy and Alaska when they do their wonderful performances oh. as we all quarantine ourselves online. Where can they find your lovely Oh, there's uh, stage it shows. There's stage it shows with PG and uh, stage it's uh, digital drag fest, an ongoing celebration of drag, not just through girls, but very many um, uh, well beloved and respected drag performers, musicians, and other performing creatives. Um, and now that I guess it's going through September, that's probably going to be ongoing. But if you have any um, uplifting or can't keep your curiosity or creativity to yourself and have any ideas, we are moving queerly along, fairly along, as we provide entertainment here at the house in Team Alaska. So thanks, Sam. This has been this has been such a quick hour. Like there's I know. never enough to talk. We'll have about to revisit this eventually. Yeah, and I think once we get some more responses, we can definitely maybe in another month's time, before my birthday on June 18th, we can have a celebration of the Divine Feminine Podcast Part Two. That sounds so fun. Yes, definitely join the conversation through our Instagrams or through our email. We're so excited to get your feedback on this particular topic because like we mentioned earlier, it's definitely something where it becomes like a mishmash of lots of different language and uh, there's a lot of semantics happening with these types of topics. So we're super curious um, what your guys' experience and perspective perspectives are on female archetypes and how they exist within modern society and how they have existed and influenced us from the past. Yeah. So there you go. This is Sam signing off from Fairly Queer Podcast. And I'm Handsome Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, listening to us as you do, wherever you do, please slide into our messages and let, let us know how you're doing in this 
exciting and surreal time. Until next episode, we wish you good times and lots of fairy sparkle love.